Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Edward Patrick White for Gears Tactics. It's a new game in the Gears of War franchise that turned the third-person shooter into a turn-based tactics game with an overhead view. I played the first one in 2007 and it's really sort of set in this kind of post-apocalyptic world. It's not Earth, but human-like people that we can identify with and uh, a a rather monstrous threat. So the game franchise uh, is is traditionally a third-person shooter, uh, cover-based shooter, and um, uh, our game is actually a bit of a departure from that because we're a tactics game, much more in the style of something like XCOM. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the decision was taken to try and see if Gears would work in a different genre, and Gears Tactics is that great experiment. Well, it seems like such a natural fit because I think I read somewhere where they just where someone uh, described it as just moving the camera up because Gears, as you say, was already a, a shooter based a cover based shooter, and so a team based one as well. So you know, it seems like such a natural progression uh, that worked out really well. I think it's interesting. We had this sort of guiding mantra that you should always as the player feel like you're, you're pushing forward, there should always be this call to adventure um, that, that's driving you to push forward. And, you know, I think most, when people think about strategy games, they don't think of them as being particularly fast-paced, and yet our game still feels very fast-paced. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, of course, part of the engine that drives that is your music. So talk to me about how you decided to take, uh, you know, an epic orchestral approach. It's delightful. <laughs> That's kind of you. I mean, look, you know, the the, the Gears franchise, as I said, is, uh, covers a number of games. It's a multi-generational saga now seen from different perspectives. And, you know, that gives you a certain uh, license to go big with the music, but also to kind of try and find your own voice. One of the first things that we did um, before I wrote a note was actually to sit down and really forensically listen to every single Gears score that had been written and to try and understand what made Gears music sound like Gears and, and that you could actually do lots of different things within that genre. I mean, obviously, Kevin Ripple sort of established the language, but then Ramin uh, is doing great things now with Gears 4 and 5. And, and it's a genre that allows you to maintain your own voice. So the uh, epic orchestral thing is kind of part of the genre, uh, part of the story and, and, and the established um, way that the music works in Gears. But then within that mold, I was able to pour something of myself into it. Talk to me a little bit more, though, about how you did kind of harvest some themes and, and weave that into your own sound, as you just described. Well, again, I mean, I think that the 
the story really lends itself to uh, what I call scoring in capital letters. Um, and yet you still need to kind of find some syntax. And the way that you do that, I think, is that you find individual character themes and you allow those themes to form an architecture for the score. So, for example, you know, Gabe has a theme, Ukon has a theme, um, there's a kind of a, a mission theme, um, and, and very uh, elegantly, not by design perhaps, so maybe it was by design, I don't know, you know, it, it came together quite elegantly in the end uh, in a way where you sort of felt like uh, the story was naturally being evoked by the music. session so the way i mean the, the score is uh, predominantly an in-the-box score um okay. but the way that i work is i'll draft anyone who's kind of walking through the door so for example <laughs> my, my eight-year-old daughter would bring me a snack or something and i would say okay you re i've got this bit here and i need a kind of an organic texture um, and I would record her and I would pitch it and stretch it and uh, granulate it and do all strange things uh, with her vocals. Because one of the things about, you know, we, we composers, we all love our studios and our synthesizers and all of that stuff. But actually, you have to get a human element in there. So for me, I was also I was playing guitar and I was playing bass on it. And sometimes these aren't necessarily featured sounds. But mm -hmm. if you have mm -hmm. that kind of uh, level of human created chaos in the mix it just uh, brings everything to life wow so even the cello was uh, in the box yeah Wow. It sounds so good. See, I just, I mean, I've been a musician basically my whole life and I still have trouble discerning the difference. I mean, especially now, it sounds so I good. Think, yeah. Well, you know, I, it's an interesting thing. I think part of that is about uh, composers curating sounds that they really, really get to know very intimately. But also you have to know what the real instrument sounds like and you have to have an understanding of how real players play for example brass players have to breathe so you know if you're writing a phrase then you need to think about how many notes can they do in this breath and where would they breathe um so you know when you're mocking stuff up it's it still requires a very thorough understanding of the orchestra and a respect for how a live player would play Uh, because I did love all the solo cello in there. There was some really nice stuff, um, really nice cello violin stuff that happened. Uh, tell me a little bit about kind of some of those moments in the score. 
Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that, that there's a aesthetic within Gears, which is this idea of destroyed antiquity. And, you know, musically, that speaks to lots of different things. Uh, that, so for me, everything always had to have a slightly corrupted quality to it. And yet you still have these moments uh, that require a very pure uh, human musical quality. And um, I'm a big fan of the, the, the cello. And, uh, you know, the, the strings generally are very um, emotional. You know, the soundtrack is one thing, but how much music did you write for this game? Do you know, it's an interesting thing. I've, I've, I have this um, feeling that there's an awful lot of music in, in the game, and I've kind of lost count of exactly how, how many minutes. And it's interesting because how you calculate what those minutes is is a bit odd with video games because the way the interactive music works is that you know you take a minute of music and it's the most densely orchestrated you know densely overwritten piece of music and you would never choose to listen to music like that but the way in, in when you're actually playing the game the way that the game engine um, repackages those elements and gives them back to the player uh, allows say a minute of music to become five minutes of of normal music um and it's uh it's just it's an amazing thing because for me as a composer i would go in and play the video game at splash and uh i would hear my music back in a way that i'd never conceived of it so it was delightful and surprising and, and a great creative process actually So you mentioned that you played the first Gears back in 2007. Uh, do you play a lot of Gears through the last uh, several iterations of it? I've kept track of what's happening with Gears. Um, it's interesting for me because I'm, I'm a you know, big fan of the, the, the people who've gone before writing the Gears music. So that's um, part of the draw for me. But yeah, I mean, I played the first game in 2007. I just bought my first apartment. It was before I got married, before I had kids. And I had no furniture, but I did have a TV. I had an Xbox and a deck chair, um, <laughs> basically sort of sat there clocking up an unhealthy amount of hours playing playing that first game. And then obviously uh, the second and third one came out. And then I came to the party quite late with Gears 4, and I haven't had the opportunity to really delve into Gears five as a player but it was being developed at tc and splash damage were also contributing bits of that whilst we were doing tactics so i did have a little bit of a play before anyone else had the opportunity to play <laughs> well and it also gave you a perspective on the game that you might not have otherwise had don't you think Absolutely. I mean, and as I said before, you know, Gears is now a multi-generational saga. And so, you know, whether it's JD in four or Kate in five or whether it's Gabe in, in tactics or obviously the originals with Marcus Phoenix as the, the focal character, 
um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to sink your teeth into. Um, Edward, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background. Yeah, I mean, it, I think everyone has a kind of slightly different story. And, and for, for me, um, I grew up in a very musical house. My dad has a background in music. Um, on my mum's side, my great-grandmother was a pianist for silent movies. My mum's mother was a piano teacher, and my mum has grade eight piano. So I grew up in a house where music was just one of these things that you do. And it was perhaps inevitable that I would uh, pick up an instrument. I had piano lessons when I was a kid, but I realized quite early on that, you know, playing guitar was was perhaps it's more mobile and you can go and talk to girls with a guitar and <laughs> all of those things. Um, and I wouldn't be the first kind of musician who's, you know, used their art for nefarious ends. But, you know, you quickly realize that the world is much bigger. And um, I went to university and I studied music at university and I learned orchestration and uh, sort of the rudiments of music, really. And I was very fortunate that when I came out of university, I got a feature film very, very, very quickly. And I was sort of told, you know, you, you can't do that. That's impossible. No, you know, no one's going to give you a shot writing a, a feature film score. Um, but, it, but it happened. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I've, I've sort of not looked back, really. I've, I've been very fortunate that my work is very broad, uh, from commercials through to, you know, video games and theatre and films. So I've, I've been really fortunate that I get to do lots of different things. So talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, what you enjoy about doing music for stage. I didn't realize that you did uh, theater and things like that. Well, you know, the interesting thing about doing music for theater is it's actually quite a good um, proxy for doing video games in that when you do, say, a feature film or a commercial, you're dealing with known values. So, you know, the, the picture doesn't change once it's been locked by the editors so you can write music to something knowing that it will be that way. The guy's always going to walk through the door at you know moment X and he's always going to fire the gun at moment Y. And the thing about theatre and video games is that they're completely non-linear. Um, no game will be played the same twice and no uh, theatre performance is ever exactly the same. So you have to be able to write music that can work in a situation where um, it might be longer or shorter and the beats might be slightly different. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I remember playing in pit orchestras when I was a young kid doing high school musicals and things like that. And there's always those sections where you have to repeat a few more times yes. <laughs> in, in theater yes. too, of course. And then it's a person telling you to do it, not a computer. But, uh, but yeah, that's great. 
I think it certainly is a skill that lends itself to, you know, um, writing for uh, film and TV in a sense that, you know, things do change. And if you can roll with those punches, it's helpful. What was your first feature film? What was it like? It was, I think, you know, we did a lot of reinventing the wheel on it. It was uh, a, a, a movie called Nine Lives, and it had Paris Hilton in it. And it was sort of a bunch of friends go to have this reunion at a, a house, and it turns out that there's a vengeful spirit living in the house. Um and from from my perspective, uh, I, I wrote that with uh, a very close friend, and um, we probably did a lot of reinventing the wheel because, you know, we'd not done that job before. Um, and it was in the days when people were still shooting on film; they were still cutting film. So I, I feel grateful for that experience, um, mm. just because it gave me the more traditional sense of of what it was like to score a film before everything became about you know, non-linear editing and working in the computer. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Tell me about some of your uh, compositional influences, I guess, whether those are in the film scoring world or uh, classical world or wherever they may come from. Um, I'm a huge John Williams fan. It's difficult, I think, to get into writing for film, TV and video games and not be influenced by by Williams, yeah. Alan Silvestri. Um, but then also more recently, I mean, the contribution that Johan Johansson has made both to, you know, writing mm. for the concert hall, but then also uh, in, in film um, is is immense. I like a good tune. So for me, it's, uh, it's, it's all about kind of thematic development and, and being able to present essentially the same musical information, but but dressing it up in different ways. you like to say about uh working on gears tactics it was just an amazing experience we you know coming from the background where i'd I'd played the original game and i'd been a big fan of it it was just an amazing thing to to have the opportunity to essentially walk among giants as well people like kevin and 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 ramin and and steve jablonski have really done amazing work uh it was just a real joy Thanks a million, Edward. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to episode 132 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about me uh, on Twitter. It's uh, at EdwardPatrickW1, I think. Um, and on Facebook, there's a Facebook page for Ed Patrick White. Um, and I've got a website that people can go to, which is edwardpatrickwhite.com. Uh, I'm quite easy to find on, on the internet. Apparently, if you Google me and you put in Edward Patrick White, it all comes up. And you can learn more about us and see a playlist at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc.